2: And now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Look out Welcome now, into the drive here on 93.9 The Villa. Mark It is so Dave Skull. It is a Monday. I am, Dave, I am largely in a good mood. I'm, I'm pretty happy today. All things uh, considered, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, buddy? Mark, why wouldn't you be? It's Monday. We're going to talk about sports. Yeah. Talk sports, damn it. doc. sports, damn it. Not baked to. potatoes. Oh God! <laughs> so, if, for those of you wondering, uh, the over the weekend, someone uh, who suspicious. I'm gonna say in terms yeah. of the uh, the potential validity of said account. Uh, tweeted at Had a Dave, wild profile yeah. at Dave and I uh, it, look it's a dead it, it's very 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 why are we even here It's very difficult for anyone who pays attention to Louisville to have a Twitter account that's been around for any period of time and they don't follow you they don't follow me and they don't follow anyone that you or I follow. Right. Like, that is kind of a dead giveaway for this is somebody's burner or uh, this is uh, some sort of a scab account or this is a bot or something. Like, this is crap. But they didn't love the time that we spent last week on your apron (laughs) potato. And I have to tell that person, whoever you are, or if you're the kind of person that reports to that person so that they can use their burner uh, to try and slander Dave and I, you are in the minority, not, with, the, not the with potato, potato eating, yeah. but the segments about the potato eating that Dave has done in his life was <laughs> viewed far more positively than that potential bot account did. I did not scroll back far enough to see where that person stood on Brexit, but <laughs> typically you can find signs that you're dealing with a bot when you go back and look for that sort of thing. But It, it
1: was actually kind of incredible because there is a built-in explanation for the fact that he... Um, doesn't follow anybody and nobody follows him you know that we know no no mutuals did you see like his like tirade on uh, this i think he just might be the most interesting person in the world because he was like i'm just i'm not interested in in following anybody anymore or having anybody follow you i'm not looking for followers because i've been putting out great content for years now and nobody interacts so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read only i'm not tweeting anymore (laughs) like this is absolutely incredible cool. this is amazing and then he tweeted at us about our baked potato takes and i like bro I it didn't last very long did it i hope he gave us another shot today like at three o'clock Same. on the dot and we started talking about potatoes immediately <laughs> that's true and him yeah oh, right like dude you're getting some shine here bro it was just that man was very upset about baked potato talk yeah
2: <laughs> We, we have a lot uh, to get into here today. In fact, I mean, we, I say that every time. I say that when it's not true, but it is true. We do have a lot to get into uh, here uh, today. It was a busy weekend, and it's been a busy day today. Uh, Dave, I, I'm, it's almost a bottleneck in terms of things that we can get into here uh, locally uh, today. But I, I feel like just for the sake of everyone's mood and mental health, not doing basketball like right off the top. No, we'll get to we, it. We'll get we're going to gonna it. spend plenty of time on it and a handful of kind of. Uh uh, orbiting stories around the general struggles uh, with basketball but i'm just i'm not starting with that notre dame game uh if for no other reason than they don't deserve it at this point uh, they didn't start uh, with it either so exactly you know. That's <laughs> why <right>. should we <laughs> so i'm not i'm not going to go there but instead I, i'm gonna to start with we had a press conference a little bit earlier today uh, the official moves it's been it's hard to believe how quickly so much of this time has gone by. Yeah, uh, but it's been five years almost since uh, it, Papa John's was removed from the name on the stadium, That's and wild. the deal with 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 uh, John Schnatter was basically, basically. nixed. Uh, Louisville about to finish paying it off, and finally, uh, after about a year of rumors that it was that it was just about done, we'll, yes. it was like third and goal for a full year uh, for this thing. Uh, but uh, Josh Hurd and uh, the university announcing today, it is now officially uh, done. It is a 20-year naming rights deal uh, for Cardinal Stadium to now be L&N Federal Credit Union Stadium. We're all going to call it L&N Stadium or, or Cardinal Stadium. just <laughs> keep calling it cardinal stadium and i don't want to dismiss the value of sponsorship <laughs> no, thank you L&D. because if any yeah. of you are interested in said sponsorships of on the drive you're welcome to contact us and we'd be happy to make sure we always say the name uh like we do with our current partners yes. so much but i understand uh people here's the important thing it's not anything weird yeah. So not, it's not like AccraSure where people are like, "What is that?" <laughs> it's nothing weird. It's nothing like debasing to say. It doesn't sound ridiculous, right? <laughs> right. It's it's nothing like that. And in fact, there is kind of a sentimental angle to this, where it's a it is a truly local company mm-hmm. uh, whose operations started on the physical site where the stadium is yep. now and that all of the stadium remnants of a former lumberyard activity or a rail yard activity, rail yard, excuse yeah. me, or a rail yard activity are there. And now they are stepping in uh, to be the naming rights for the stadium. It's $40 million over 20 years, so two-ish uh, million dollars a year. Uh, it is done. And the, the I'm not surprised that whatever may have been kind of just at least a slowdown or the the final thing that kind of was making this take a little bit longer than anyone wanted uh whatever that hurdle was i would imagine the arrival of a fleet of hondas owned by brahm family members (laughs) probably helped finish the deal, if nothing else. Uh, and Happy Days are here again. They found a corporate name partner for that stadium. And it's it's a good deal. It's a good company. Happy to have Ellen in. put their name and, and corporate name on another facility. They are unquestionable uh, supporters of VL Athletics uh, at this right. point. You can't possibly uh, doubt that. And it's good for football. And it really – it's just sort of in keeping with the – the good positive momentum that Louisville football has right now
1: yeah uh, I've always um, thought that the tie-in to the rail yard should be more prominent you know not it's not a forced thing you know what I mean like it's not it, it was built on a rail yard you know <laughs> uh, Cardinal Stadium was built on a rail yard and it was like we have the cabooses we have the train horn I think this LNN, you know, tie-in is is extremely natural and can allow us to sort of lean farther into it if you want. I'm not a big believer in forced nicknames, but I've always liked the idea of kind of referring referring to it as the rail yard or the yard, uh, and I, I I like that. I, the oven never worked for me. <laughs> it never worked for the fan base. I don't think. Um, but it's a. Uh, i like the tie-in local company uh some natural tie-in to the actual site uh it doesn't sound stupid good to go
2: texture says let's talk desserts (laughs) i just assume i have a theory about that guy
1: not the texture right there but the guy that was upset about the baked potatoes that it's one of two things he's either like on keto or... <laughs> it's so So the issue is it's the potatoes? It's the potatoes. It's not just that we're not talking sports, that we're specifically talking potatoes, or he's like a massive mashed potato guy and just does not care for baked potatoes.
2: Somebody from Idaho murdered his family. A, a baked potato killed his father, yes. Right. <laughs> well, look I, look, I think this is a great deal. I think, look, it's good for Josh to sort of show uh the deal making chops there oh, yeah. and, and josh has been, been wheeling and dealing man well it has been I, I saw our buddy Allen uh, tweet this a little bit earlier you know uofl gets angels envy you know to come through with a bunch of money and mm-hmm. fully renovate that the, with the former brown and williamson club and shout out against the, to uh, to vince tyree for chasing down like through various legal entities the, the the legal right to change the name of that uh you get uh L and N to to step in and provide another two million dollars a year and put their name you know on the stadium, and you got Cincinnati to pay to take Scott Satterfield. <laughs> you know you combine that with uh, with with negotiating Chris Mack down about halfway uh, or so. Yeah. I don't I don't know how this is anything other than a win, uh, and, and at least a sign that at least in terms of like your gigantic money makers and U has more than one. But football is, and bas- men's basketball and now women's basketball I think all the three of them football's football's in pretty good shape and it's in pretty good shape really quickly and i think it's encouraging yeah for sure i mean it just continues to positive momentum obviously there's other football stories today we'll
1: get into those but um i mean it's it's it kind of checks the box on something that's been hanging over that that stadium for a while it's another revenue stream uh to help pay for our shiny new coaching staff uh and i'm Look, I can't wait. I, and we have an announcement on the spring game. It's going to be the day before Thunder, which has always been the best day to do it. <laughs> you know, like the Friday night and make it part of the the Louisville celebration. Not necessarily an official part of, you know, the Derby Festival, but kind of a nice lead-in and part of the party. You know, they, they did it some during Petrino's era, and I love, I've always loved that date more than any other. Obviously, you can't do it on Thunder Day, but that Friday night kind of making an event – and make it just part of that's a really important time in the city of louisville and it's a really it's a natural time to do the spring game um and i'm super pumped about that timing and uh yeah man this is just the, the positive momentum and obviously in stark contrast to what's going on on the men's basketball side but i'm so happy that we have positive momentum in football and august cannot get here soon enough
2: it cannot yeah, it's going to be, I think, uh, an agonizing wait, unless you know L baseball does the, one of the wonderful things that it does, which of course is win and win a lot. Uh, but but stretch our season well into the summer and make a trip to Omaha. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, that right. that would help. But yeah, it is going to be, I think, an agonizing wait uh, for football season to get here. But man, isn't that great? It's it's awesome. Like
1: it, instead of being like, I mean, I guess I'm excited about it. Like I love football. Right. Period. So. You know, I'll take it however I can get it. Now it's like, no, I really need to see this team on the field.
2: <laughs> well, look, we, we've got plenty that we uh, are, are going to continue to get into. We're going to let you guys sound off on that. To so Starting, I guess, probably around like 3.30 uh, yeah. or so, we'll, we'll, we'll open up the phones. Uh, but football and I think the athletic department overall, you know, as a whole, uh, even as men's basketball is going to be its own. Look, whatever you think about the coaching situation, The, the men's basketball program and what's happening right now and with them playing the way that they are and, and attendance being what it is and support for it, I think, going to be perhaps even worse uh, next year, at least to start, until this until things uh, change on the floor. Anytime that you, I think, can get people to still lean in and support L- uh, UofL with their money uh, is a good sign, and UofL is going to need every one of those people, at least in the short term. Uh, every single one every
1: single company and every single individual that's got money we're absolutely going to need them um and the fact is like it's nice that we have a uh, a coach and a coaching staff on the football side that inspires confidence and has clearly inspired you know renewed uh investment in the football program between you know season ticket holders obviously multiplying uh in recent uh in recent weeks and months since the hire um and now we've got corporate partners stepping up, you know, and it's 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 just it's kind of a just a whole vibe of positivity right now around the football program, uh, which I mean, obviously we had another departure today, which is fine. We yeah. talked about how the football program, the the wide receiver room maybe got a little crowded with the uh, the four newcomers, um, actually the four transfers and the, the three freshmen and. Um,
2: yeah, and- between signees and transfers, wide receiver. You and this is the discussion we had on Friday. Yeah, wide receiver, I think had the the most profound upgrade from top to bottom of any position on the roster, and I think quarterback's probably pretty pretty close uh, second uh, there. But we thought, you know, you had seven new players at various positions, you know, sort of in their careers, and with pretty pretty widely uh, variant skill sets and physical just like stature like you've got some guys yep. that are small, you've got some guys that are bigger. you've clearly got I think some sh- kind of strong possession guys you've got some burners, you've got everybody in you know in various states. It's not a shock. it doesn't even really worry me that Braden Smith would hit the portal. Uh, he I understand where he kind of fits in what they like to do. Uh, in terms of like Scott's offense, uh, it, it, and I don't know where he fits, right? I, I don't know where he would have fit in what Jeff wants to do, but in a, in a manner that's very similar to Monty Montgomery, I don't mind a kid who had an injury because Braden Smith had a, you know an ACL yeah. injury from a year ago, who's got one more year. I I'm not bothered, and I don't think it says one percent of one thing about Brum or the staff or anything like that, for Braden Smith to look at this and say, I've got one more year and I can either, you know, follow this person where I know the offense inside and out and they are heavily turning over their offense to where I would I would start out way ahead of just about everybody. Uh, and, and I want to go ahead and, and give that a shot. I think the expectation seems to be from everyone that, that Braden Smith's going to end up at Cincinnati and more power to him. Like I think, I think Jeff Brown wants guys who are gonna want to win jobs in his offense here. And if Braden Smith doesn't want to do that, you don't want him here.
1: Yeah, like it's not, and I don't want to make it sound negative at all. Like I feel he was in a similar situation to Monty Montgomery, where they're, they they got granted a sixth year yeah. um, because of injury. They're six years into their college career, uh, and I know that Monty ended up at, at Ole Miss. But it, it's, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to to try to uh, adapt to a new system uh start behind the eight ball maybe or or you know just you want to be where you're most comfortable in your six year of eligibility i get it i like brayden i like his skill set but it's a, uh, it's probably a natural move for him i was expecting to lose another receiver or two because of the turnover at the or the new additions at the position i thought maybe it would happen after spring ball you know since it kind of settled uh at this point but um you know not not, not earth shattering
2: development to me. No, wish him well. well. It, for me, if nothing else, like this is a it's it's positive in this regard. It's more reps and maybe like more kind of decided reps for somebody who has more potentially more time in the offense ahead of them. Like it, it, you know everything that Braden Smith perhaps would have done in the spring and then make the same decision is is our reps that are somebody else wouldn't have gotten. And, and now he's going to go ahead and make that call now? That's fine. I, like, I really have no issue with the player with one more year kind of looking at this and saying it's better for me to go ahead and ride out my one year with, with something that I know rather than then take a chance at the end. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I think it's pretty rational for him to look at and think a coaching staff is going to be like probably going to err on the side of people who might be here a little bit longer. Uh, over him too i understand that i think he's a good receiver i think he's fine i don't think it's like crippling or anything you know for louisville's uh, receiving i think we might have lost our him. best
1: our best returning passer <laughs> <Our> <laughs> <roster>. <laughs> but
2: you know no, you no, no, be right no, i think we're good <laughs> <sighs> you might be right about, about that <laughs> but that, i mean that is like uh, reminiscent of of like this this weekend. Yeah. You know, the, what a shame. And we we'll, we can have a little bit of a discussion uh, perhaps on the other side here about uh, this weekend's games, but what a what a shame and a bummer for the NFC Championship game to to be turned into a game where the 49ers <laughs> literally cannot throw a pass. It was
1: wild to see them like trying to figure out any and every way to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, whether it's, you know, receivers or George Kittle or whoever, like they <laughs> they were running, you know, end arounds. Uh running, uh, you know, handoffs to the up-back or Skittle. Like, just – they were doing everything, reverses. But, like, it none of that works when the other team knows there's a 0% chance that you're throwing the ball. <laughs> so right. Just... You can
2: make all sorts of uh, motions and movements and fakes and, and yeah, like, whatever. And when everyone knows that Brock Purdy is back there and he physically cannot he throw the ball – He literally can't
1: throw the ball.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, that's – that's not uh, that's not going to cut it. I felt he,
1: so bad for him, like just getting pressed back into the game. Like, here we we got to have somebody in there to hold, hand the ball off. <laughs> like, and for you know, they
2: entertained the idea of playing McCaffrey. It looked like for a little bit, and no. Yeah, gosh, you, you have to think uh, it might have been better.
1: Yeah, at least uh, than, have like than a...
2: having Purdy, who's also not a running threat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, why wouldn't you? What you have to? Like, I realize that you didn't prep for it. You didn't practice for it and you worried about all the negative things that could happen when you throw a guy in there but it couldn't have been any worse than just like we have a quarterback that can't run or throw in there running the offense you know what I mean like just put McCaffrey in there and say run the jet like a jet sweep run run options you know <laughs> run run the speed option off the off the end a couple times see if we can't get this ball in the red zone
2: well, I I think in in terms of like sports fandom, that I don't think that there's there's even a good analogy to the depression that sets in, <laughs> then like early in a game when your quarterback gets hurt, yeah, and, but especially in this case where the stakes are so high, we're talking NFC Championship game, winner goes to the Super Bowl, and you're on quarterback three, Already, and you have to go to yeah. quarterback four, and. If you, and your quarterback four is Josh Johnson, who is a person like has been in the NFL. Like he is, an actual person as far as I know. Played for the Jets. He's played for a lot of teams. He played for the University of San Diego. Josh Johnson did. Mm -hmm. Did you
3: know that? No, No.
2: I just can't imagine, like, the disappointment in having putting together a roster. Because this is where I think football is. Baseball is the only thing that comes close to this with pitchers. Like, you can have Jacob deGrom, who is absurdly good, and he can lose all the time because you have to score runs also. Like, the the 49ers might have the best roster in the entire NFL that's not at quarterback. Yeah and in when you go when you go completely south there you are done in the NFL in college you can almost work around it sometimes yeah but not in the NFL, man, especially not in the NFC Championship game.
1: No, and especially since when the other team is probably the other most talented roster in the, in the league. I mean, that, that was the difference between the Eagles and the Niners. The Eagles had a quarterback, you know, and the Niners were looking at Cap Rooney was already out, Cherubini was already out, and they had no Willie Beeman, you know, on, on the bench. <laughs> and that's they, all they had was, uh, you know, best I can do is Josh Johnson. Then he got hurt, and they really didn't have anybody. It's uh, it was hard to watch, and it it was anticlimactic. Like, look, I had money on the Eagles, but it like it felt like the safest bet in the world in the third quarter, you know. But it was uh, it sucks when you have a potentially great matchup that just kind of gets gets burned up right in front of your eyes. I'm sure Niners fans weren't happy about it either.
2: Well, and if you're if you're a Niners fan, I know we got at least one texture uh, who is, and I know a couple uh, who are lifelong uh, 49ers fans, you do have to at some point ask, your, or at least be willing to ask yourself, what did Kyle Shanahan do that God will not let him have a quarterback? <laughs> like, it does not matter what they do. He ends up having to try to win important games with Nick Mullins or Josh Johnson, you know, or, or Brock Purdy, Purdy as Mister yeah. Irrelevant uh, as a rookie. Like it, 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 he cannot keep them healthy. They cannot have a good one or have a good one when he needs one, uh, and it's Heartbreak City. Although I will fully admit, this weekend felt a little bit like kind of a reality check. Like if Brock Purdy is totally healthy, hell if Jimmy G plays. I'm not sure anybody was beating the Eagles in the NFC, man. They look good. They looked
1: really good. They looked really good. And I, I don't, I think this is an interesting uh, Super Bowl matchup. And it I know really we'll, we'll talk about, uh, I'm sure we'll get into Bengals Chiefs. A lot of meat on that bone from yesterday. Oh, um, we going to, trust me. Yeah. But uh, it is, I don't know if it's the, it's probably the two best teams, like the best in the AFC and the best in the NFC, I'd say. Um, I thought the Bengals were playing the best the last couple of weeks. And, they're probably going to be kicking themselves after yesterday and kicking the referees. That's that's it's kind of hard to avoid in this one, but uh, and it, and it hurt me. I'm not going to lie, from a <laughs> from a gambler's perspective, it did. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, for being completely honest, uh, but I look, Eagles Chiefs is going to be I think a hell of a, of a matchup. Um, looking forward to it. Wish there wasn't a two-week period. Still hate that.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't love uh, two weeks either. But it should be uh, a fantastic Super Bowl, and it should be uh, a really interesting kind of matchup of all contrasts. Uh, and just like we've done with with many other either teams or players that uh, that I or I will say that I've done about teams or players that I was just really, really, really wrong about. Uh, Nick Sirianni, we had our fun. Buddy, at, at your expense, that opening press conference yeah. uh, answer was weird. It was dorky, uh, but you're coaching a really good team in the Super Bowl that is very much a reflection of you, uh, and that's a good thing. They've been spectacular uh, this entire season, uh, yeah. and he's down. Look, he's going up against one of the all-time greats uh, in Andy Reid, but and one of we, the all-time look,
1: greats in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's got his work cut out for him.
2: No question. But we look for for a guy that we. Positively laughed at you know, after his opening press conference, yeah. uh, he he got the last laugh on us and got sure. to see got to see my guy John Gannon getting a lot
1: of love on the sideline. That he got, to I love. totally
2: know who that is now.
1: Now you do. See there you right? go, my old teammate John Gannon. It's a uh, he looks exactly the same as he did when he was 19 years old <laughs> <laughs> or 21 years old at Louisville. But he's uh yeah man. He, I love to see him get some shine. I mean, obviously the Eagles' defense has a lot of pieces and a lot of talent. Um, but he's getting uh, getting a lot of love, you know, for being the, the D coordinator there. Maybe he gets a chance at a head job sometime soon. So,
2: for those of you who don't know what Dave's talking about, John Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, uh, was here.
1: He played safety uh, he,
2: for Louisville. Yeah, he.
1: Uh, yep. He got hurt early in his career at U so he wasn't as much of a name. Late in his career, but him and Dave Ragone were like best friends, and I think Saint Ignatius in Cleveland uh, went to the same high school, came to Louisville together in the same class, uh, and got coordinator jobs in the NFL the same week. Like he got the job with the Eagles, and Ragon got the job with the Falcons the same week. Uh, it's been pretty awesome to watch, um, and it's just really cool to see a dude who you uh, you know you spend time in the locker room with and on the field with uh, make good man.
2: When you think about uh, your time with him, when he was a player here, did you, can you think back and be like, "That's a future NFL head coach"? So he's a really
1: charismatic guy, like a really good dude, um, and he had already kind of, sort of, because uh, he wasn't playing as much, you know, in his junior senior year. You know what I mean? He he was hurt, and you could already tell he was kind of more like uh, pushing towards the the coaching side and he went right into it after he He was having conling it up here (laughs) right he went right into it after school and and he was a brown scout pretty soon after he left uh, college I don't remember if he was a GA somewhere for a year or two he might have been but I know he he went into the Browns organization relatively quick uh, and was a scout for years before becoming a defensive assistant and moving up the ranks from there Um, but yeah, man, it's a, he's a good dude. Uh, I haven't talked to him, you know, since probably he left, you know, since I left or he left Louisville years ago. Um, but always a good dude and
2: really easy to root for. I hope that we're able to get him on the show at some point. he be like, "Oh yeah, Dave Skull, he's a graduate, right?" <laughs> man, he might not even
1: remember me. Like, you know, we, we <laughs> were, but like, you know, teammates for. You're trying to
2: say you didn't get up to the third level and block safeties very often? That's not, that wasn't in the the scheme at the time?
1: (laughs) I uh, was usually busy with Hammer. Uh, You don't really get past the second level when he's on your assignment.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll open up the phones. Uh, whatever's on any of your very busy minds and hearts. Uh, let it out. We'll let you guys uh, unload on on whatever's on your minds from the weekend. Uh, and uh, we look, we did thirty minutes. We'll talk Notre Dame on the other side here. On the drive already. Back. <laughs> Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it.
1: Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here
2: on 939 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 939 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. We'll go ahead and open up these phone lines. Open up those phone lines. Let you guys uh, sound off uh, from a very uh, busy. Weekend in sports in general, uh, and it's a, a busy weekend around uh, Louisville uh, as well, either with some news on or off the floor, off the court. Uh, and unfortunately, I think for Louisville, they played again uh, and played Notre Dame, and it went poorly. <laughs> it went yeah, <laughs> really poorly. And there is there is a very real difficulty for me, and for me and you, in these situations, to where, in talking about a game that went as as badly as the Notre Dame game did, to not gloss over how bad it was, and to not minimize how bad it was, uh, but to also not sound like we're like reveling in it, uh, or I promise that, you, I'm not. Yeah, like well, neither of us are. You understand are. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. Just not. Uh, just wallowing, you know, yeah. in it, but also not trying to be like Jerry's or something and just sort of turn it into something that it's that it it's not or, or yeah. less, you know, th- than what it is. Just completely minimize it like it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, but but also, you know, in in having a little bit of this kind of groundhog day feeling to some of the the bad, to to not let this be less than what it is either, you know. To sometimes what I've heard uh, from. From I guess what we call like like the most ardent, whatever is wrong, it's not. Kenny's not on the line for it or not on the hook for it, uh, folks. Th- there's been a very eager effort to just say that Louisville isn't winning, and and to then kind of sweep it under and connect it to the not winning that Louisville did a year ago too. Yeah, and. On the very literal surface, it is in fact true Louisville didn't win a lot of games last year and they're not winning a lot of games this year. And it is a, that is like, that. that's an encyclopedic list of what the last two years really have in common. That It is in fact true that Louisville didn't play particularly well at the end of last year and they're not playing well this year. But the, the losing that we're seeing this year is very different than the kind of losing we have ever seen Louisville basketball do and i need everyone to really like I, just do your best to to take this walk with us here cuz there's there isn't a universe i could i could have conceived of before saturday where any remotely respectable basketball team that wears Louisville's uniforms would have been down by by thirty to to a Notre Dame team that has quite literally driven Mike Bray into retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like Mike Bray is hanging it up after this year because they're not like he's just sort of at his wits end and they're not gonna reach their the, their usual, you know, kind of goals of for what they've been for them, the latter part of his career at Notre Dame, which have been good. Uh, but on Saturday, you would not have known that because of how thoroughly they they whipped Louisville yet again. Yep. And while there are some, I think, some individual things that I do want to call out as good uh, from the game, they are the exceptions that prove the team rule. The, this is... Much worse than we had hoped for, but it's also much worse than the worst we've ever seen. Right. And, it, and again, I want to just, and then I'm going to let you go here. No, no. I don't know how to make it hit home the way it should. That there's just no world where Louisville ever should have been down by 30 to this Notre Dame team.
1: It's it's similar to like, like people have to understand this Notre Dame team is is really bad. bad it's the bottom it's in the bottom four of the acc much like the florida state team that whooped our ass is really bad and in the bottom they had four
2: one more acc win than louisville did
1: yeah like this is a problem like the, we're looking lost against terrible teams and again like to to your other point i feel like the only solution to to talking about this team in a measured way and, and in any way that's at all productive is not to spend too much time on it you know what i mean Highlight the things that are either different or uh, Any sort of good indications make sure we make sure that everybody understands how bad this is You don't want to Wallow in it as you said, you don't want to just be a font of negativity, but it's like dude, you can't really gild the lily here Man, you really can't make this any better then it is and i feel like the biggest problem like with what you're talking about when people point out last season there's some sort of weird implication that this was expected you know like this well how could you ex- possibly expect anybody to win coming off of last year that's the implication whenever you hear people talk about it as some sort of is some sort of a defense of Kenny you know in this situation it's like no that nobody reasonable thought that this was what was going to happen this year and we didn't hire him to make it worse or to be any kind of a continuation and we need some sort of implication or sorry or some sort of indication that this is we're heading in the right direction and we simply have not seen that yet but there are certain things that you can parse from that game on Saturday the main one the main one like in this just like first of all like let's get over the fact that the fact that they were out of the game against one of the worst Notre Dame teams we've ever played by halftime, like this game was over, is gross. And yeah. it's, it's pathetic, and it's just another brick in the wall to me, and it just leaves me shaking my head. But let's look at, like, one of the biggest takeaways is a core four. How do we feel about how he looked? What did he bring to the table? I thought, for his part, he played hard. And yeah, he was he was struggled with certain ways and he gotten you know, he he defensively, he, like the footwork wasn't great on offense, but dude, he he was effort and he ended up with eight points and five boards in the time he had on the court. And I feel like there's something to work with there with him. You know, people have questions about Fabio Basilli. You know, he comes in late and I think that you have to couch that with, yeah, there have been some questions about off the court stuff or is he doing the right is he going is he doing the right things in the classroom or this and that we've heard rumors here and there or implications maybe that that there were reasons outside the basketball court that he hasn't been getting the minutes that we thought he should but I feel like yeah if you're comfortable playing him now going forward he should probably be getting a fair amount of minutes you know I think that that's fair because the one of the big criticisms at this point is you look at the season as a whole And you're just hammering your head against the wall with the same guys, you know, up until this point. And you have a burst of minutes here from somebody and a burst of minutes here. And it's like, if you're going to be really terrible, if you're going to be historically bad, what do you have to lose with playing the youth movement and just getting them minutes and trying to figure something out with them and getting them out there and getting them to play hard? Like, that's, I think, a lot of people, one of their big... Issues outside the fact that everything's terrible. <laughs> One of the like constructive things you can talk about is why don't you lean harder into some of these these young players? You know what I mean? Why don't you just just go for it? Because at this point in the season, what do you have to lose?
2: Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine four. The UPS jobs text line. Let's start things off with Jack. Jack, welcome into the drive line. what's up, bud?
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. Um, so th- there's absolutely nothing I could say that hasn't already been said about this Cardinal basketball season. However, I am the only person uh, I know that can add the newest chapter to what I've dubbed the Potato Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
1: oh,
0: my
1: God. <laughs> let's do it. Let's we do got it. past the filler to the real stuff,
0: <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Exactly. Let's do
1: it.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So, 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 and maybe the story takes some heat off a of biscuit. Maybe it doesn't. That, that said, so I was on a trip abroad in Ireland a few years ago with, with a bunch of football teammates, and we were walking the streets of Belfast, and we were famished because we're a bunch of broke college kids, right? So mm. we're, we're walking from the hostel to a bar, and, and there's there's nothing on this walk. No stores, no corner shops, no hot dog stands, nothing. And we're walking down the street past a bunch of, of houses, and out of the corner of my eye, sitting on someone's front porch, is a red and white bucket, and, and it reminded me of, of like a KFC-type bucket. And like I said, I'm starving. None of the other guys see this. I split off. All the lights are off. No one, no one's out. I, I look down at the front porch. And lo and behold, it's a bucket of potato wedges and french fries intermingled. I put my hand over the top of the bucket. It's warm. Guys, this is a fresh delivery I'm talking about within minutes. I then picked it up, inspected it, and started eating out of it. Um, so... That's, uh, that's the story. I ate someone else's potatoes in Ireland, and I guess I'll finish with this. While I am physically sick from this basketball season, it still pales in comparison to how sick we all were of eating potatoes after that Ireland trip. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Go far. <Cards. laughs> Thank
1: you, Jack. That's excellent. I love eating strange potatoes. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that we were like, "All right, we gotta, we gotta eat our vegetables." Let's talk about basketball. And Jack was like, "No, no, we're gonna talk about potatoes." And I'm gonna try to take some heat off a of biscuit here. Like, let's get this show back on the road. Let's get it back on the on the on the tracks. Let's talk about starch. That's what we want to talk about.
2: Nobody wants to hear about this basketball team. <laughs> oh it's fantastic man i never i never in my wildest dreams would have uh, believed that there would have been this like multiple days and times so many where days. people are like i too wish to share my experience of <laughs> potatoes in the wild or whatever <laughs> my my story of questionable potatoes <laughs> well and we've already mentioned you know idaho and idaho potatoes and then we get an ireland reference uh, out of him like that the, the hard to be more quintessentially potato than ireland right right russia maybe
1: i mean yeah with the vodka maybe well they, right. they, they literally drink potato liquor but i mean ireland is I so... mean, that's your top
2: three right top three potato places is ireland idaho russia yeah i think so i mean they have the, they even... have an
1: entire famine named after irish <laughs> potatoes okay Anyway, i don't yeah, know Irish I potato man, famine I'm laughing
2: at the association. The, the
1: whole famine. reason why there are tons of Irish people in America <laughs> but why I'm half Irish is because <laughs> the Irish potato famine in the early 1800s
2: in Ireland. I appreciate Jack, I appreciate you uh, jumping in here and if you want to follow Jack you can 8150 939 uh, the starch. 939 <laughs> the starch. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I agree. Uh, a, <laughs> the chive, look, uh, 90 90, The chive. Uh, A disappointment, uh, Dave, uh, because I, and maybe I'm too like roses-colored glasses/slash optimistic, you know, about this, uh, but I keep hoping that at some point that it, that improvement is not going to be like I already know, like it's not going to be just like pure linear, but it has to start somewhere. And, I really, you know, if it went out, people are still going to be, rightly, I think, furious about how this year has gone. So I'm not trying to say that there's ever anything that they could do to, like, undo the whole season or anything like that. But facing the reality that, you know, barring something that I mean, none of us can really foresee right now, we're going to get big time changes in the off season in, in, in the second year at least go into a second year, you know, with Kenny, that I, that they could at least end with some good vibes and, like, something that we can say, like, all right, you can sort of see this is coming and this is happening. And I keep hoping that like, every single game will be the the one that we recognize, like, all right, that's where it started to change. And, every, and so far, there, none of them deliver that to us at all. And, and I've I've got the I don't know where to start this conversation, but I I know. What do we do? What is anyone I would love for for what would Kenny like us to think and do in reaction to the fact that he's a head coach who coaches these guys? who are still doing the same things that they were doing in an exhibition lost to Lin Warine. Lin Ryan. Yeah, right. But the, <laughs> the mistakes that are made are crushing. So many of them are, appear to be the result of just like a, a very, very comfortable nonchalance by a lot of people who don't, deserve to have such an attitude about how they play basketball i mean i don't it's very hard to to not crush kids which i think you and i both go out of our way to not do but i can't i don't know that i have it in me to watch another Jalen withers uh just casual dribble the ball and have it stolen by one of the angels in the outfield a
1: spin move into the wherever (laughs) spin move into blank you know who knows like it seems like that's his go-to every time he, he has to take more than two dribbles Like texter says this in his post game. kenny asked if the players had given up and they all said no then telling the players that their perception of their effort and not giving up is not matching their actual performance and what others see texter says i'd say the same applies to kenny the players seem to reflect the effort and mindset of their coach I don't know. Like it's we've had this discussion, this discourse about Kenny's disposition all season. And I again we don't know what it looks like behind the scenes, but I think it's probably fair that it's been a, a negative with fans, you know, just watching Kenny and how he's reacted to this team and how he his emotion or lack of emotion and how people think he should comport himself on the sidelines. But again, I don't know if that's that's necessarily fair or not. I do think Kenny's statement was accurate, but I, I I also like I turned that around and challenged Kenny on that. Like, man, if your team looks like they've given up, man, that is on you, just as much as it's on them. Like, I just, how many teams are just completely uncoachable, just uncoachable? You just they, there's the coach has no agency in this. Like, you can't do anything with them, nothing at all. Like, you've exhausted every motivational tactic you have. You know, you got guys that are doing the same thing, like you said, making the same mistakes that they made in November and January. And other teams are getting a little better maybe. And Louisville doesn't seem to be getting better as a team. And I don't think anybody out there, just as a side note, anybody in this fan base would be opposed to seeing a core four start next game at this point. You know, like I got
2: on, just as a side note. I did think it was funny that our good friend Rachel said that, you know, Kenny said he wanted to make sure that – that for was comfortable before throwing him out there, and he missed exactly one game. Right. <laughs> so, it's like, so it took uh, him one game to it's get like you good, bud. <laughs> but you know, hey, you know what it looked like with him? Okorfor should be encouraging to Kenny Payne and to people at, in the athletic department who who most likely feel like, you know, barring something unforeseen, he'll be back, and that they've got to to find things that are encouraging, you know, to sort of keep people uh, willing to sort of, you know, stick with this long-term here. Okorovor looked kind of lost a little bit at times, especially on defense. But he never looked like he didn't give a damn. Like not once. And I think Louisville fans, I think fans of basketball in this state of all varieties, are pretty discerning fans. And I didn't see anyone particularly upset at him for any of the mistakes that he made because he looked like he was wide-eyed and trying really hard. And I, you know who else looks like that? Fabio Basili looks right. like that. Right.
1: And like, I'll right. I'll allow if there are reasons that have to do with classroom and stuff like that. Anything else, I'll allow that. Whatever you know you can't bend those things to just let kids play fine we don't know everything that's going on but if he's allowed to play if he's okay now if he's good if he's doing the right things he better see the court more at this point and I think that we'll all put our money where our mouth is at this point we've been saying I think as a fan base and the two of us from day one it's like I just want to see you play hard first and I'll deal with those other mistakes As long as you're playing hard, that is a core for like. He's the embodiment of that, right? Like, he's gonna play hard. He's gonna make mistakes because he's only been with the team for a week. But you know what? I don't care. I will watch him make mistakes at full speed. I'll do it. I just don't care at this point. It's 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 refreshing. It's refreshing to see somebody play hard with a reckless abandon. Make mistakes and and give up buckets and commit fouls fine but he's also going to get some effort putbacks and get some rebounds and I'm cool with that and I agree with the texter this was kind of what I was getting at like the the dissecting of Kenny Payne's mannerisms it kind of goes in the same pot as dissecting the little moments to me you know and like overreacting to them but I, I the things that bothered me at different points of the season was like when mistakes were happening on the court And it didn't seem like anybody was coaching it. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's just four coaches not saying anything, and that's happened on multiple occasions a lot more earlier in the season. It's like, I don't care if you look a certain way. I just need – there to be active correction, <laughs> you know, and 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 more, and maybe a quicker hook on some of these starters you got. You're putting out there, but look, give me as much a core for and Basilli as you can give me uh, going forward. I mean, I like the Devonry got some time. I like that Kamari lands hit some shots. Uh, there's a lot of bad that I don't really feel like the bad is known, but like I think that at this point in the season, what do you have to lose if you just you play the the young bucks as much as possible?
2: Let's get uh, Damian in here next. Damian, welcome into the drive. I thought, what's up, bud? Hey guys, thanks for
3: taking my call. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, this 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 past game, this past weekend, was really just a complete indictment of the whole Kenny Payne regime, Uh, I mean I just, there's no way they should have been down by 30 to that sorry Notre Dame team just an abysmal, abysmal abysmal performance. Um, I will say this though um, you know, I know you guys are saying that he's more than likely going to come back next year. I don't know, I mean you know, like like, like Eric Crawford said a couple weeks ago, being at two and 29 or 2 or whatever, and actually seeing that are two different things, you know. And I think there is a 50 50 chance he might not be back this year. And whether that, you know, kicks off a bunch of former players, you know, so be it. I will say this I don't know if you all had a chance to look at the Twitter. Uh, article that Adam DeGloria had from Purvis Ellison. Mm. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, that's just a, that, you know, Purvis kind of read the room here. I mean, no one really wants to hear from you right now. So I just want to say that real quick. I do want to get your all's <laughs> opinion, though, on uh, the uh, offensive lineman that committed for football. Uh, what do you all think of that? And, I, hey, once again, Jeff Brom is really just making a, a killing in the recruiting, and this is really kind yep. of distracting us from the abysmal season this is.
2: Thanks for taking my call, guys. Yep. Yeah, we'll put a uh, pin in the – the football discussion uh, i hadn't even mentioned it yet on. i
1: mean like, we had a big old offensive tackle commit and i didn't even mention well, the first first yeah we'll,
2: we'll talk uh, a little bit about that and the other signing day which is coming up uh this week and could be a good finish yeah uh for for louisville as far as like kenny's status like i i i think eric just said a couple of days ago and i i everyone i talk to feels exactly the same way that no one talks to me like there's a chance that, the, that they would make a move at the end of the year. But I do think that there's some wisdom in saying that doesn't guarantee anything right now. Yeah. It really does depend on the financial issues that might arise from keeping him if they, are, you know, if they rise to that level. Uh, and, and yes, I do think there's some wisdom in saying like, let's see how it feels to everyone if they truly don't win another game. For the rest of the year, because early in the ACC schedule, it was still kind of right in the haze of football. There was slightly less attention, and some of those teams were are solid. But you, what you're going through right now is this walk through the dregs of the ACC, and it isn't getting any better. And, and it, look, we, I'm going to reiterate what I've said. Two points, and Davey, I don't think you disagree with either one of them, but I'll just put them together and put a point on them. If they should fire Kenny at the end of the year, I think everyone will know that was the right thing to do. I don't think there will be a dispute about it. And if they fire him at the end of the year, if it stays just like this, if there really isn't anything, I don't think he has anything to be upset about. You know, if if I were to just ask you, like in the abstract, what, how badly would a team have to perform for a program to say one year of this is enough? If you started putting it down on paper, it would look like Louisville season looks. And so, if they make that decision, a kid might not like it, and he he's going to get his money regardless. And I don't begrudge in that. That's that's fine. That's why I think anybody who thinks he's gonna like quit is crazy, but he can't be a he can't be upset if they finish two and whatever, and it's not only two and whatever, but it isn't like fifteen or twenty one score losses. It's a bunch of what we had on Saturday. He might not like it. He might have wished for something different, but he can't be outraged. I look. I've been saying this
1: from the beginning of the year when it's looked like there's a chance. You know, as soon as we were. Uh, underdogs in every game going forward you know I was like look there's one thing to talk about this like in the, the theoretically or hypothetically 2-29 it's another whole thing like that's why I've said this whole time look I, I think it's really unlikely financially uh, that they've, they fire him and in optics and everything there's a it just the most likely scenario is that he's back next year as the head coach uh, it's not something that anybody does firing a coach after one year but it's easy to say that in theory. It's easy to say that hypothetically. When we are actually staring at a 2-29 record at the end of the year, if that's what it's going to be, that is a whole different thing. I've said that from day one, that like we can talk about this theoretically and hypothetically, but if it actually happens that way, it's going to be extremely hard to, to justify anything. That involves bringing back the same crowd that got this, got us there. Like it's just that is going to be a whole different conversation than what we're having right now. When it's still in the hypothetical, like that—that's just the truth. And and while, like you said, there's nothing indicating from anybody close to the program that a move would be considered. It's it's very hard to look at two twenty two and twenty nine and actually think, man, we got to bring these guys back for another year. It'll be hard to do that.
2: But it's also – but, David – It's also probably going to happen. Well, it's (laughs) – right. It's hard to – it's also hard to pull the plug on any coach at all. You know, after one year, it's hard to pull the plug uh, on a coach that – has played a very important role in the history of the program yes like
1: it's it's there like are complicating all, factors right. including the finances like there are
2: there, there's oh, no there are no easy answers for any of this
1: there's there's not and that's why i keep saying like the best case scenario is that this works out like that nobody wants to get to this point they just don't uh, it, it's going to be ugly Two and twenty nine is going to be ugly no matter how you slice it um i had something else but it's 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 gone now it left me it ran away. Let's,
2: let's try to squeeze Mike uh, in here before we hit the top of the hour, if we can do that. Michael, welcome into the drive. What's up, bud?
3: All right. Thank you there, laddies. Welcome to the show. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> I oh got the, uh, I've been investigating a cold case back in Belfast involving a missing bucket of... Wedges and fries, and I my sister, <laughs> you gentlemen might have a lead.
2: And I'd like to make you know, I'm getting ready to retire, and I'd really like to put this thing to bed. So, do you all have a name and a number where I could possibly make this a rest so I can go to bed and uh, you know, sleep well at night? Well done, well done, Michael. That was worth the wait. Thank you. What the hell? God. <laughs> That is so great. If those of you who are having trouble following along or maybe just got in the car, we had a caller earlier. It was like, yeah, sports, whatever. I want to talk about potatoes. And then he talked about basically nabbing somebody. Appreciate the call. Oh, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, basically stealing a bag, a bucket of uh, KFC off some in Ireland off somebody's uh, front porch. Uh, and then there we had a semi Irish accent. It was close enough. Comes and goes a little, <laughs> a and that's little. okay. Like Madonna's some, some English words accent. Some of were better than others. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it was a little Versailles, a little Versailles. You know what, what I mean? What, like, if we, what if we find out that guy's actually Irish? I know. <laughs> we're like, oh, I don't know about you. He's going to kill us the next time he sees us. Right. <laughs> Keep <Peaky laughs> blinders stuff. Uh, look, that was, that was spectacular. That was fantastic. That was the, the comic relief uh, that we needed. I, All I right. did it. We got to be getting close. So let's hit the uh, top of the hour break here. We will take a uh, a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll continue to let you guys uh, sound off on on this, and we can talk a little bit about the youth movement and and, and and if there is anything that we can do between now and the end of the year, we'll talk about that. Take your calls, your texts on the other side here on the drive when I turn the.